So what do you do when you're talking to someone who you think is a Christian, who claims to be a Christian, and yet they share with you opinions, ideas, maybe even their lifestyle that does not back up what you think a Christian should be doing or living or believing? Today in Life Talks, we're going to be talking about that. How do we navigate those waters when when we feel like, hmm, I'm not sure how to talk about this with someone. So I'll tell you what I do. I get, I get a big Bible <laughs> oh, please. and I and I hold it with both hands King and I James, hit them with King it. Jimmy. King James, yes. family size. And I, golden, gold embossed. I hit them over the head with it because that's always effective. <laughs> it works every time. They run away and I never uh, have to do with it again. Bible beater. That's what Dan <laughs> wants that's to be. Bible thumper. Dan, you know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever had that experience where you're talking to someone? And by the way, I'm Ben. You're Dan. We're two of the teaching yes, pastors are. here at Life Fellowship, just outside of Charlotte. Uh, what, what, what? This is a question that someone asked us mm-hmm. from our congregation. How do you handle this? Yeah. And I think this is a, this is a delicate issue in some ways because it is complicated in some ways because you know sometimes you're trying to figure out is this person really a believer or not? You know. What are you, what are your thoughts on, on well, this? Well, and and, th- and even when we talked about this episode before we got on the air, I told you that I'm a little uncomfortable and I'm kind of evolving on this because I tend to be a rather direct person. Really? Right? <laughs> that's, that's you? That's me. You're not subtle? No, not as subtle as a brick wall. <laughs> uh at at, at in, in and in all honesty, I have more patience with a non-believer than a person who is a believer who does not think biblically. Why is that? Um, I think I expect more. Yeah. Um, and the other thing too is that's probably my fault that I do that because just because, you know, I can stand in a car and go, or stand in a garage and go vroom, vroom, and that doesn't make me a car. So <laughs> somebody, somebody can stand, well, I'm a Christian. I grew up, my past, my father's, a, you know, all these different things. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're a Christian. And it probably is a good idea for me to assume that they may not be a believer mm-hmm. and I need to I need to just cool my jets a little bit and yeah. approach them with a little more grace and kindness. But but, but you but you also don't want to be like, well if you believe that you're not a Christian. No, 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 absolutely. I mean you not. you wouldn't no. say that to I mean no, some I people would think might. It, but I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would simply and the other thing too is you have to kind of take into consideration your role in their life. In my role, I often confront unbiblical thinking, but I do so from a superior position. So they know I'm a pastor. So automatically I come with, with reputational, uh, you know, weight, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, that, that allows me to be in, you know, kind of a superior position in terms of my rhetoric Yeah. or I'm a professor. And, mm-hmm. and so because of that, and then I'm older. Mm-hmm. So th- there's, there's several things that kind of combine to make me super obnoxious, <laughs> but, but when it, but when it comes right down to it, I think we have to see the other person not as a threat, but as an opportunity. Mm. And not to be there as their judge, but to be there as somebody that will journey with them. Yeah. And in doing that, the best thing for me to do is never present myself as the authority, but to present God's word as the authority. Yes. So if we know that they're professing to be, oh, you're a Christian. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm assuming you believe the Bible's true. <laughs> and if that's the case, I say, well, so how do you deal? And asking questions is always better than making statements. Absolutely. So I would I would start off by asking a series of questions. So do you believe the Bible's true? Yeah. So how do you deal with this verse of scripture? And then I would give them a verse of scripture yeah. that counter, contradicts what they've just stated. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because as I was thinking about this question, what I would want to do is I would want to figure out how did they come to that conclusion? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like nobody 
everyone has some level of, I got to this belief because of X, Y, and Z. And I remember uh, when when I, I read an article, this is years ago, about the shifting um, values that evangelical Christians had towards uh, homosexuality and, and LGBTQ issues, right? And what I found was in the in the article, it said that the number one thing that has shifted, what, what has led to people's shifting attitudes, beliefs about a lot of these issues, gay marriage, all that flows from that, is they knew someone mm-hmm. who was homosexual or lesbian. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting because it was not, I've done the study on God's word and I've exegeted these, right. these problem passages and here's where I've landed, right? There's some people that have tried to do that. and Well, but usually when they try to do that, they're doing that in response to the fact they know somebody, like one of their children. Exactly. And now they want the word of God to support what their yes. heart is saying, yes. which is actually we want our heart to support what the word of God yes. is saying. We do it backwards. Yes, exactly. And so I think that's, I would want to know how they got, uh, how they came to that conclusion. And you said it first, or you said it you know, well before. We need to ask questions as opposed to, just making judgment statements first. Now, I think that at some point there probably is a point where we need to be at least honest and with our, hey, I be- this is what I believe. But uh, I would want to ask questions. I would want to know how they came to that conclusion. And at some point, I would want to know, how did the Bible shape this in you? And and I think you, the other question you asked was, is the... You said, is the Bible true? What I would, I think the other issue is, is the Bible authoritative in your yeah. life? Mm-hmm. Because the issue is, there's a lot of times you know, self-professing Christians, they don't, they don't, they don't take the Bible, they take the Bible as a suggestion book mm-hmm. or a devotional book, mm-hmm. but not as a authoritative, the word, thus says the Lord, therefore, this is what I'm going to do. I think we assume that, even for people who go to church a lot, that they have, they have the conviction that the Bible should have an authority in their life to says, if the Bible says this, like I've got to submit myself under the authority of God's word, not the other way around, mm-hmm. right? So I think those are those are two big issues that I always think about is this idea of um, authority. And how do how do we get there? Like how do you help someone to have that conviction? to let the Bible become their authority in life, because we can't assume that anymore. You can't assume it. And I think one of the things that kind of takes some pressure off of us is it's not our responsibility to convince anybody. Mm. It's our responsibility to inform. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convince. That's right. And so that takes a lot of the pressure off of us. I don't have to win the argument. I just need to present the case. Mm. I don't have to convince them to change their mind. All I have to do is make sure that while they're thinking, they're thinking with the information they need to reach a right conclusion. And so by sharing that, and and the other thing too is, you know, we hear this a lot in the matter of sexual moral, sexual values anymore, about asking for consent. Mm -hmm. But there is something disarming about asking for consent. Well, can I share with you how I reached this conclusion? Or can, can would is it okay with you if I explained to you my own journey? Mm-hmm. When you and, and they're going to say yes, they're not going to say no. I yeah. don't want to hear what you have to think. If they don't, <laughs> the conversation really shouldn't be taking place anyway. But by doing that, you also drop their guard just a little mm-hmm. bit. And let's so let's assume that sometimes they they, they reject the authority of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Then the emphasis has to shift because if Scripture means nothing to them, then 
truth is everything to them. So I might shift from Scripture. I said, well, let's go back a step then. Do you believe in absolute truth? Yes. And is the it, opposite of true false? Yeah. Like just basic yeah. logical presuppositions, yeah. which, which right? Which is why it's a good idea always to, if, if you're going to be conversing in this way, to educate yourself a little bit with basic apologetics. Yes. You don't have to become, you know, the next Norman Geisler. But at, at the same time, I think it's a good idea to be aware of those. So it, it, if you were to ask that question, you know, well, do you believe in absolute truth? And they were, if they say yes, you say, great, where where does that come from? Mm. Where does it originate? Yes. Um, because that leads you to God. Or if they said no, you would then ask the question, well, is that an absolute truth? Mm-hmm. Because if you're saying there's absolutely no absolute truth, then you just made an absolute truth. Yes. So that Actually, it can't it can't be true because it's self contradictory. Mm. So those those are apologetic techniques that you use rhetorically with people in a gentle and conversational way. That even if it, and then sometimes under, understand this, understand the line across which your conversation ceases to be helpful and it becomes harmful. Mm. So read social cues. If you see them getting angry, you can say, you know what. Let's change the subject. I think you're getting a little upset right now. Or, or this this feels unpleasant. Yeah. And so maybe we can talk about it another time. Yeah. So 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 you're not jamming. You're not beating them with the Bible like we were joking about. But you were getting, and they may say, Oh no 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 no, I'm good. I'm just thinking. Okay. Well, okay. Now you have permission to go another step. So be really aware of where the conversation. Jesus was great at asking questions that led people to right conclusions. Yeah. If the if it was the master teacher's technique, I think maybe we ought to learn a little absolutely, bit from that. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I one of the things I love what you said is, you, you just got to be able to read the person, and you got to make sure that your tone is one of kindness, and you also have to make sure that your you you said this, your main job is not to win the argument. Right. How many times? Have you won the argument, but the other person hates your guts? Yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere. You haven't won the person. Yeah. And apologists and zealots are famous for that. Yes. Yeah. And if you are more of a you know prophetic personality, you see this world in just like, black and white. Gotta win. And, gotta and, win. And, and we need the prophets in our in our context to help us remember, point out this is the truth and this is error. This is right, this is wrong. We need people like that. But I think what the the prophet needs to remember is that Jesus came full of grace and truth. It was both of those fullness of grace, fullness of truth. And when we when we ha- when we also, you know, the people that are just all grace, no truth, it's kind of like, oh, you can believe whatever you want to believe. You know what I mean? It's kind of like let's just be friends. Yeah. And then the person who's all about truth is like, I will beat you with this Bible. Yeah. And you'll I you will submit to this. Yeah. One <laughs> one person uses an axe to perform surgery and the other person um just just as sprit- a feather. Spritzes spritzes, yeah, a feather on it. You got a feather yeah. on you, like, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> um but and, and and so I think I think there's another issue with this whole conversation, and that is I do think I wanna call on the people who are more grace oriented right now. There are some people that are so scared of making anyone feel uncomfortable yeah. or or saying anything that might be confrontational. And it's probably c- because you know, we we both been op- open about our past uh experiences in legalism, mm-hmm. right? But you and I have both been in conversations and in churches where the standard was not a very clear, you know, anti-biblical belief, but it was they go to movies. Yeah, yeah. they they must not be Christians, yeah. you know, or or they have know, a beer. They they've had. I saw them drinking. They're not a Christian. 
we got to be really careful not to, uh, I, I think there's kind of a, a reaction to that, that, that because of that legalism there, we're afraid to ever call anything out as, yeah. as negative. Yeah. And also in that same line, we need to be really careful that we don't take swings at things that are clearly balls. <laughs> All right. You know, so if it's we're not, using a lot of baseball analogies yes, today, reason. but that's so. So what they'll they'll, they'll say is they'll, they'll throw out, well, those televangelists, or that Stephen Furtick, or that that um, um, uh, Benny Hinn, yeah. or uh, that Westboro Baptist Church. All right, those are balls. Those yeah. outside of don't swing at them. Just let them go by. Mm-hmm. And and you can't address every charlatan. You can't address mm-hmm. everybody who's infamous. Mm-hmm. You you have to focus on this. You know something you said to me a couple of years ago, Ben, that l- it made a profound impact on me. I'm seriously transformational. I can't wait to hear there. what I said. <laughs> you, you, I never remember <laughs> these things. Well, you're so wise. <laughs> <laughs> you said, when conversing with individuals who are in a different place than you, always make sure that you see them as people and not as projects. Mm. Yeah. I am famous, famous for projecting people. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, not everybody's a project. They're yeah. a person. Yeah. And we all learn differently. We all have different backgrounds, experiences, all different kinds of things. And when you see someone as an individual person mm-hmm. and not as some kind of project that I need to, mm-hmm. to convince, it takes a lot of the pressure off. But it also makes you a lot more human to them. Absolutely. Hundred percent, yeah. So I think I think these are all things that that we got to be aware of. Um, I, I do think some of the some of the issues that that we need to be careful that we don't make into some some secondary issues into primary issues. I think that's the other thing that we got to be careful of is don't don't turn everything into well, you don't believe in Calvinism, therefore you must not be a Christian. Right? Yeah, well, I want you to say that a second time because they need to hear that. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think there's some Christians that will take everything. Like, if you don't meet the 100 points of theology that I believe in, yeah. I doubt your salvation. Yeah, I think that's we got to be really careful not to do that. Yeah, that is something no, that is yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that. We yeah. shouldn't do that. There, are, there are primary doctrines. There are secondary doctrines, and and that that's something maybe we could talk about a little bit more in, in other episodes of what are the full list of primary doctrines, what are the full list of of secondary doctrines. But I do think that there, it's very easy for the prophetic, more in line to to want to say, well, you, what do you mean you don't believe in this? And and it's like, no, I don't. Well, that doesn't mean that they're not a Christian. It doesn't mean that they're, they're even immature. It just might mean they don't believe that because of their own study or their own stance. Yeah. You know, and and throughout Scripture, you know, it refers to childlike faith, mm-hmm. um, refers to the milk of the word before you mm-hmm. get to the meat of the word. Everything in Scripture says you meet people with the basics. And what is that? I'm a sinner. Jesus is my Savior. God has a plan for my redemption. It was paid for at Calvary. He demonstrated his authority at, 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 at from rising yes. from the tomb. And I need to get forgiveness of those sins. And I do that by accepting the gift of forgiveness from Christ. It's really pretty simple. Simple. Even a child can understand yes. it. Yeah. After that, we can determine whether or not we're premillennial or pre you know, or, or <laughs> postmillennial or amillennial. Or, All those know. kinds of things. Yeah. But but I, I think that, you know, if if I was going to summarize, you know, this conversation, I would say, you know, we really just need to make sure that get to know the person. They're not a project. Get to understand their story. Get to understand what has led them to these conversations. But at the same time, be bold. Understand mm-hmm. what you believe. 
be willing to share that, be willing to have maybe a confrontational without a um, mean-spirited, um, but to say, hey, this is something I would I would love for you to read and tell me what you think about this, mm-hmm. because, or let's do a Bible study together. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of the, the great things is if, just take them to the Word of God, because the Word of God is powerful, right? It's, right. it's, it's the one thing that we we know has the power to convict and convince. And so you don't have to argue with someone to get them to believe the right thing. Just say, hey, let's read and study the Word of God. How do you explain this passage? When you read this, what are your thoughts? And just let the Word of God speak for itself. And if they still choose to be like, well, I don't care what the Bible says, I'm going to do what I, I'm going to believe what I believe, it's, it's really hard to, you know, continue that conversation. Yeah. It's not going to really go anywhere. And, and the reality is there's somebody else with whom you can have a conversation that will be more productive. Absolutely. And that's the person that God wants you to be speaking to at that moment. Mm. It doesn't mean he will never have you go back or somebody else may go to the other person that's and reach right. them. I think an, an, another thing that I, I always want to emphasize to people, because we ought to be actively engaging in these conversations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, well, I don't because I don't feel qualified. Mm. Well, you'll never feel qualified. Yeah. You know, i, I been in this for many, many years, and there are times, but that's okay. And how many times have you and I been in a situation where, like, I don't know how I'm going to respond to this, but the thing that comes out of your mouth is, like, brilliant, mm-hmm. and you're like, that wasn't where me. Where did that come from? That was God, <laughs> yeah. right? And But there are also times when you simply have to look at them and say, you know, that is an excellent question, and I don't have an answer for you at this mm-hmm. moment. Here's where particularly young people um, start deconstructing. When somebody gives an argument and they don't have the answer to it, they assume that the other person is right and they're wrong. Mm. That's that's a flawed way of thinking yeah. anyway, yeah. and it is for theology as well. Don't assume that they're right and you're wrong. Assume that you don't have all the information they need or you need. And therefore, you need to go back and study it. Ask some experts. Find out, you know, do some research on your own and find the answer. We ought to doubt toward our faith. We ought to doubt toward the authority and authenticity of Scripture and the sufficiency of Scripture. Mm. So I'm just going to assume that if I don't know the answer, that I need a little more time to find the answer, and then I'll get back with you. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with saying I don't know. In fact, you're liable to get more respect for that than to try to baloney your way through it. Absolutely. 100%. That's good stuff. Well, this has been a good conversation. I guess here's the last thing I would say if you're having a conversation with someone. Even I I would want to ask someone in their belief system is is what what they're believing in. Is it in concrete? Is it wet cement or sand? You know, really try to figure out how firm are they in this belief that that seems to be contrary to the Word of God. And even in that, it might open up the door for a conversation or a study. But uh, this, has been a, this has been a great episode. Thank you so much for uh, listening. I hope this has been challenging to you. I hope it's made you think. I hope it makes you bold and I, in your faith, and I hope it uh, provides an opportunity for you to, to think about ways that you can engage with people, even people who profess to be Christians, but may, may not hold all of the Christian values or beliefs that you do. So thanks again for joining us today on Life Talks. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. 
For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.